0: We are beginning the second parak, the second chapter of Chagiga on from Bay's on 11b2 in the Archicol Gemara. The first five or six pages, the first five or six plot in this chapter are really very, very unique pages. They're very different from, they discuss different concepts that are, are very much unique and not found in the rest of Shas, in the rest of the Gemara. And the connection is—it's uh, hard to find exactly what the connection is to the previous part of our Gemara. It seems to be a, a totally separate topic, but uh, the commentators do try to find some sort of a connection. But it's not for—not for right now. But it's—it's uh, it's a very weak connection in terms of the rest of the the other Mishnayos that are found in this uh, in this tractate. So let's go to the Mishnah. Let's start the Mishnah. Ein Barayis Pishlosha. This Mishnah, the first part of this Mishnah, discusses three different areas of knowledge or of law, not really law, but just knowledge, which which you should not uh, learn or study in public or even in a small group. And the first of those categories is Ariyavs, is illicit relations, sexual relations. You should not expound them. Right now, it seems to be among three people. The Gemara will discuss what does three people mean. Does that mean three people including the Rebbe, the teacher, or is that three people not including the teacher? So, we'll get to that in the Gemara momentarily. But you're not allowed to discuss uh, the, the forbidden relations, sexual relations, if it's among three people or more. And the Gemara will explain why. Again, this is just the laws of the Mishnah. The Gemara will go into detail for all of these laws. The law of brishis Bishnayim. You cannot learn maisa with two people. You cannot learn maisa brishis with with um, with two people, and that's with regards to uh, the count of creation and and what did that entail. You can't study that with. Uh, two people or more, but a bit mer-kava and you cannot discuss the Ma'isa Merkava, the chariot of God, the esoteric ideas within the the chariot of God, not even with one person. And then the mission concludes. The only way that that one person could study the Ma'isa Merkava, the chariot of God, is if they understand it, if they are wise enough to understand it. So then. They could study it. And again, the Gemara, the Mishnah was written before the Gemara, and the Gemara will expound and explain these various laws. The Mishnah concludes with uh, another statement. It says, Whoever looks at the following four things, it would have been better for him had he not been born, if he had not been brought into the world. What are these four things? What is above, what is below, what came before and what came after, which are four very vague uh, phrases. What does it mean before and after, what does it mean on top and below? It seems from Rashi, the classic commentator Rashi, that, it, that it's referring to what is, what is above the earth and below the earth, it seems to imply a little bit within Rashi that he under, he was of the understanding that the earth was flat, uh, but uh, it's a little bit unclear. Others explain that it's not referring to above and below the earth, but it's referring to chronology. Chronologically, you should not discuss that which happened before the what will before the world was created, or what's going to mm-hmm. happen after the world at the end of the end of days post the world. What will happen with? The world, you shouldn't discuss that. And the Rambam, Maimonides, says that the idea here is that you shouldn't focus on, you shouldn't discuss, think about and focus on on questions that we do not have answers to. There are many questions that we don't that we don't have answers to, and to focus on those questions that we don't have answers to, which just we're limited in terms of our, our knowledge of God and His creation of the world. So then, to focus on that, so then we'll even get so confused that we won't understand our own world, that w- that which we're supposed to understand, we won't even understand that. That we'll get so confused if we just focus on the world before creation, <coughs> or on God before creation. That we'll get just totally thrown off. And so, therefore, you shouldn't study that. It would have been better if you do study these things. So then, it would have been better have been born, better have you not come into the world. And then the Mishnah concludes: V'chol shelochas kono. And somebody who, and the Gemara will explain this as well, but anybody who does not have honor for the creator, for God, so then also it would have been better for him had he had never come into the world. Okay, so these are the three parts to the Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah discusses the various categories that you shouldn't study in public, uh, whether it's more than three, three or more people, or it's two more people, or just one person. That you shouldn't study different uh, different categories of knowledge. The second the second part of the Mishnah says that if if you uh, look into these four things, what's above, what's below, what's behind, and what's after, so then it would have been better that you weren't weren't created. And then the third part says that if you don't have honor for God, so then also would have been better for you not have been created. That is the Mishnah. Well, Let us go to the Gemara. The Gemara will discuss. We will discuss in this in this recording the first, the very very first law in the Mishnah. We're on eleven B three. But before we get there, just the Gemara uh, has one other point. The Gemara says with regards to the mice and merkava, with regards to the the chariot of God, it says Amar Parisha. It says it sounds like in the beginning the law merkava biyachid. It says that even one person is not allowed to uh, study the, the Merkava, it sounds like he's alone, not even studying it from somebody else, but even alone, he's not allowed to study about the chariot of God. But then it says that, but if you know, so then, if you understand it, so then you could study it. So it seems to be a contradiction, because if you're doing it alone, so then you're doing it alone only if you understand it. So we're obviously talking about somebody who understands it, and yet it says that you shouldn't study it if you are by yourself. But you're, if you're Impl- implication being that even if you understand it, you shouldn't be studying it. But then the next line says, unless you are knowledgeable and you understand what you're, and you, you do it, you're a wise person who understands what you're studying. So it seems to be a contradiction, because at first it says that even if you understand it, you cannot study it, and then it says that you could study it if you do not under, if you do understand it. So the Gemara explains, Hafei Kamar, When the Mishnah says, and this is good for all these cases, when the Mishnah says that you cannot publicly study the the laws of illicit relationships, relations, of sexual relations, in three, that means in front of three. So you have the teacher, you have the Rebbe, teaching it to three. He cannot teach it in front of three. He can teach it in front of two, but not in front of three. But You could also not teach and expound upon creation, what happened exactly with regards to creation, in front of two. You could do it in front of one, meaning the teacher or the Rebbe, in front of one, but not in front of two, and you could also not, you're not allowed to teach about the Maizah Merkava, about the chariot of God, to one person. It's not that he's by himself, but you are teaching him. You're not allowed to teach it to that one person, unless he's understanding that which you are saying. So, it's not a contradiction, because we're discussing a case where he's not studying it on his own, he's being taught it, you can only teach it to him if he's understanding, he's following along with the Rebbe. If he has a lot of questions about what the Rebbe is saying, so then he should not study with that Rebbe, with that teacher, because he's going to get a confused, if he's already not following, we are very concerned that he's not going to be able to fully understand these esoteric concepts about with regards to the chariot of God. So you can only study the chariot of God If you are alone, and if you are understanding that which the Rebbe is teaching you, if you're following along with the teacher. Okay, that is the conclusion of the Gemara, but again, the Gemara says that when it says with regards to three for sexual relations, illicit sexual relations, that means uh, to teach it to three people, not three in total, but for the teacher to teach it to three people is not allowed, to teach it for two is allowed. When it comes to the creation of the world, you're allowed to, the teacher can teach it to one. And when it comes to the mice and Recover, the chariot of Hashem, he can teach it to one as long as that one is following along and is not, uh, is not uncertain with regards to what is going on and what the teacher is saying. Okay, the Gemara now continues with Ein Dorsham Barayas Bishlosha. Again, we're on 11b3 on the first column that you are not allowed to expound upon the laws of forbidden relations in front of three people. The question is why? Why can't you discuss this in front of three people? My time, what's the problem? So at first, the Gemara is going to suggest two different drushes. Perhaps it's from the Pesukkim themselves, from the verses themselves. They're going to offer two different verses, which seem to imply, at least they entertain the possibility that it implies that you're not allowed to uh, study them in front of three people. But then the Gemara is going to reject both of them and it's going to conclude based, not, not based on a verse, but based on just logic, pure logic. So, my timer, what's the reason for this restriction that you cannot teach in front of the Greek people? Maybe we have the following drusha, the following way of reading the verse. The verse says, Each person, a man, a man, literally, a man, a man, should not bring to his close relative to reveal nakedness. Meaning, you can't, uh, can't have relations with a close relative so it says, Ish Ish, a man, a man, that is two people. She'er bisaro to his close relative, is one person, it's referring to one person. So that's a total of three. And the end of the verse says, Rechamana lo sirkavu erva. That you should not approach to reveal the erva, the nakedness. And in this context, what we mean to say is that to reveal the, not to actually reveal nakedness, but to reveal the explanation of the nakedness. It's about the reasons behind why it is forbidden. And so, we are expounding this verse to understand, it doesn't seem to be a literal translation, but we're expounding upon this verse to say that you, if you have three, when you have three people, you are not allowed to reveal the explanations with regards to uh, the, the illicit uh, relations. So, it's in front of three people. So, the Gemara rejects this, and they say, if you're going to tell me that it's because ish ish, when it says a man, a man, Twice. It's telling you two. We have other verses which say, Ish, Ish. And there, it cannot possibly mean only when there are two people. For example, we have, Ish, Ish, Ki, Kalo, Elo, Hav, elo, kav, that a man, a man, when they curse their God, it doesn't mean that you only get punished if two people are cursing their God, even if one person is cursing their God. And also it says, Ish, Ish, Ashi, Yitem, Mizar, also a man, a man, when he gives his child to this idol of Molech, a specific idol, Hachanami. Then, if, if you're telling me "ish ish" always means two, so then you only violate cursing God if there are two people that do it. You only violate sending your child to Molech if there are two people that are doing it. But that's not true. It's not true because Allah Es Hanachrim Shemuzharin Al Hashem. The reason why it says ish ish is not to tell you about two people. The real reason why it says you ish ish a man a man is to tell you that we're coming to include that this this law is not only with regards to Jews but it's also with regards to non-Jews. That non-Jews are also not allowed to curse God and they're not allowed to serve idols. And so too when it says ish ish a man a man with regards to Illicit relations, it's also warning that non Jews are also forbidden to have uh, illicit relations, that they're not allowed to have improper relations. And so that's what Ish is coming to teach us. Not that Ish, Ish, a man, a man, is coming to tell me that it's referring to two people, but it's there coming to include a man, a Jewish man, and a non Jewish man, the laws apply. To both of them, it applies in the area of illicit relations, it applies in the area of cursing God, and it applies in the area of of um, bringing a child to Molech, to this idol Molech. So that is rejection of, that is the rejection of of source number one. The source number one was again, Ish Ish, al-kol, a man, a man, to his relative. Three, that you shouldn't bring... Uh, discussions of nakedness to them to to three people. The Gemara now gives suggestion number two. with source number two. is The verse says in the context of of uh when the when the verses are discussing that which you're forbidden to in terms of uh relations, sexual relations, is that you shall observe my safeguards. Mishmartim is in the pl- is in the plural. tre, To to Mm -hmm. safeguards is in the plural. That means two. Mishmarti, my safeguard in the singular is one, chad. The end of the verse says, That they are not to be involved in the study of these toevos, of these abominations, of these improper relations. And so it says, these three, they should not be part of the discussion of improper relations, because it says in the plural, that you should safeguard in the plural, then it says safeguard in the singular, that's three, two, the minimal amount of plural is two, two plus one is three, so those three should not be involved in discussing these issues. Sigmar rejects this as well. You're going to tell me that you need a minimum of two, whenever it says in the plural, we have many times in the verse where it says to safeguard and it doesn't mean just to safeguard if you are two, it says to safeguard Shabbos. It applies even if it's one, to safeguard Matzos and Pesach. That's even if it's one, to safeguard uh, Kedushim, Yishmaris kodesh, the, the holiness, the Truma. That There are two. It's all all of those, Ushmartim is referring to, not just in pairs, but even as individuals. So, ushmartim does not mean two, it could even be an individual, that all of us, it means that all of us, as individuals, we have to safeguard these laws. But it's not, it's not that it's referring to two people. So, that's rejection of source number two. So, finally, the Gemara gives the final answer, which is based on logic. It's based on what we call a svara. El Amar Vashi. endorshim barayas bishlosha. What does it mean that you're not allowed to have uh, teach three students at once? Endorshim bisisre arayas bishlosha. You're not allowed to teach the hidden details of arayos of illicit relations, in front of three. What does it mean, The hidden details. There are various explanations. One explanation is given by Rashi that it's referring to that which is not explicitly written in the written Torah, but it's from the, the drashos, from that which we derive from the written Torah, which might be the connection to the previous chapter. That's why it might be mentioned here. That's Rashi says, that it's not something which is explicit. Others explain that it's referring to certain loopholes in the Torah. You're not allowed to discuss the loopholes in halacha, there are loopholes in halacha. you I not discuss lupals in halacha in front of three. Why not? My taima. Svarahu. It's based on the logic. If you have two people that are studying with the with the teacher, one person has a question that he asks, the rabbi asks the teacher, the other person is going to listen. Because he has nobody else to talk to, so he'll also listen. But if you have... So if you have three students and he'll pay attention, but if you have three students, one person asks a question in the middle to the teacher and they're having a whole conversation. What do the other two people do? The other two will have a discussion in Torah, but a discussion amongst themselves. And they won't fully understand that which the teacher is talking about because they're talking with their amongst themselves. The, the other the other two. And they'll think that they know what the Rebbe is talking about, but they won't f- certainly know. The Ba'asul Mishri is true about and then they're going to come. They're going to think that they, the Rebbe, the teacher, said something. The teacher didn't really say it, and they're going to come to allow that which is really really forbidden. So the Gemara asks, Yahachi, if this is true, call out Torah Nami. This applies to the entire Torah. Why is this limited to uh, illicit relations? This should apply to the entire Torah. You can only teach two people, because we don't want people to get things wrong. We're very careful about our misorah, about passing things along in a proper way. So then, with regards to the entire Torah also, we should be very, very careful to make sure that everyone's paying attention. So the Gemara answer is no. There's something unique with regards to illicit relations. Arayas shiny. Araya. Forbidden relations are different. Why? The Amar Mar, because it's stated, Gezel mechamdas and mis'avaleh. That when it comes to stealing theft and illicit relations, these are the two strongest desires of a person. A person has such a strong desire for both of them. And because a person has such a strong desire for illicit relations, so then they're going to try to come up. If they hear the rebbe say something, but they're really talking to somebody else, they're going to have such a strong desire to really make it permissible. And so, therefore, because they have what we call in the negios, they're biased because they want to make it permissible because it's such a strong desire. So then, if they just hear a little bit what their teacher is saying, but they're not really concentrating, they're going to come to say, come to conclude that really you could do it. So therefore, it'll be permissible. So therefore, we say that you cannot teach in front of three. You have to make sure everyone's paying close attention, otherwise they're going to draw the wrong conclusions because they're biased towards it, because they want it to become permissible. So the Gemara says, if this is true, so then the same thing should apply to theft, to the other, illicit, uh, to the other strong desire with regards to the theft. So the Gemara answers, when it comes to illicit relations, so that the desire is there whether uh, the person is in front of you or not in front of you. But when it comes to theft, that strong desire is only when it's right in front of you. You have the ability to, to take advantage of another person. It's right in front of you to steal from somebody else. So when, when that's right in front of you, you have the ability to, to make more money improperly, so then that's when you have such a strong desire. But if that opportunity is not presented and it's not right in front of you, so then most people don't have such a strong urge to go ahead and steal. It's only when the opportunity is presented and it's right in front of you. But when it comes to illicit relations, so that the, the desire is so strong that even when it's not in front of you, and because the desire is so strong, so we're very much concerned that people will think that the Rebbe said something when they were only half paying attention. And they'll draw certain conclusions which are really forbidden, but they'll think that it, they'll, because of their bias, they'll conclude that it is permissible. So therefore we say that whenever you discuss this, it has to be only in front of two people. Okay, we will conclude here and discuss the rest of this in the next recording.